When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest Record Celtic podcast. I'm Graham Young and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today, we look back in Celtic's thumping win over St Johnson. We also talk James Forrest as the winger shows his manager why a right winger isn't needed. And Greg Taylor announces his arrival with an all-star display. Is this the start of something special? And we also look at transfers, transfers, transfers as the window it nears its final stage. How are we, Michael? I'm good, mate. How are you? You got your teeth in this morning? Yeah, got them in oh. now. <laughs> We're ready to go. Take take 142 here. No, that's <laughs> that all. <laughs> uh, so we're uh, looking back on a big night for Celtic. Um, a lot of talk about it been uh, extended away run, but they made it look easy, didn't against Johnson? Yeah, I was there last night. It was um, it was a, a um, impressive performance. It was a horrendous journey. I saw you up there. Um, aquaplane up the up the motorway. It was horrific. It was one of those nights. It was bucketing down. It was cold, wet, windy, rainy. And I think this could be a sticky night. Pitch wasn't so hot. Um, but certainly made it look really easy. That first the first half an hour, first half was devastating. It's that's probably as good as I've been for a long while. I'm thinking that kind of spell running the autumn when they, they put four past Aberdeen. They were really good. Um, I think six past Ross County, five past Hibs. That kind of period. When they were free flowing and and really in uh, on song, I think it was back to that again last night. Um, scored three in, 30, in less than thirty minutes. Could have been five, six, seven before half time. Second half, um, Jojo Simonovic going off, um, made a wee rejig in terms of shape, and it, and it lost a wee bit of the midfield, kind of going with a kind of um, different, slightly different shape back four in the second half. So they lost a bit. Uh, they lost. Well, they lost a bit of James Forrest because he was a wing back was was running riot. I think poor Scott Tanzer will be having nightmares about him. Um, so the second half was a bit of an non-event. The job was done. The tools were put away. Certain players wrapped in cotton wool. Uh, others given Tan chance, like Patrick Kamal, came on in the last ten minutes. Uh, it was, um, I think, it was just job done. A, a potentially tricky game. I say potentially tricky. I mean, Celtic against St Johnston now isn't tricky. I think that's thirty nil in aggregate in the last nine games. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't it was going to be tricky, but it was an impressive performance nonetheless. And that's the thing for Tommy Wright, a manager. Maybe much like Derek McInnes has been, but a standard bearer of Scottish football over the mace, over the past maybe five six years, it was a really passive performance, wasn't it? For Jordan Celtic, were just able to have their way with them. Ah, it did look a bit. I mean, listen, there's a a, a golfing quality. I mean, it's, it's the quality and the caliber of player that Celtic have got and can afford far far dwarfs St Johnson. So it's never really a fair fight. But they did look to be a wee bit of a kind of um, psychological hurdle for St Johnson as well. They started so timidly. I think the way Celtic were on the front foot from the start, you could see the panic setting in early on. Was like they could sense a bit of a doing. But listen, I thought actually fair play to them because the second half they came out and they sorted out. Jamie McCart came on for them and did, did well plugging that gap. Um, and I thought the second half they were, they were listen, all right, Celtic did take the foot of the gas and you have to, set, have to accept that. But they think they were better. 
and, and it could have been a, a severe doing and it ended up just a, a minor doing. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good way of putting it. A gentle doing. So you touched upon James Forrest there. Um, I think it's quite interesting. A lot of talk of this window has been about a right winger. Neil Lennon obviously gave Marion Shved um, the big sell for his efforts over in Dubai. Mm-hmm. But the Canadians never looked likely to kind of push himself really into that mix and he's not been in the squad so yeah. talk's been on the right wing James Forrest maybe some argue he's not having his best season but um, so I'll hit you a little stats bomb here uh, 15 goals and 11 assists for Forrest um, it just and this isn't a down season he's still proving that he's a top operator isn't he well I mean I'd, I think sometimes familiarity beats contempt with supporters I think there's a chunk of silly fans that, that are just quite unconvinced about James Forrest I can't really fathom why to be honest um, I just I just can't understand you know, these stats alone are, um, are phenomenal but you, I mean if you're going to sell if someone came in in the last couple of hours of the window and made a bid for James Forrest how much money do you think Celtic would command for him? Upwards of 15, 16, 17 million at least. I think that's a bit ambitious. I think I think you'd be looking well, at. Well, you would, but I know they talk about when twenty years in it. I think I think I think if you get, I think ten million quid on the market uh-huh. would be. I think that would be a fair. I'm being conservative here. No, right? I, no, I think that's a fair price. But my point would be, you were, I think example the time the bid came in, I think right. it need to be something. That well, would Ryan Kent was seven million quid. Mm-hmm. So you think ten million quid for James Forrest would be a snip? But I think right, we'll be conservative. So ten million quid. James Forrest is worth ten million quid. So Celtic have got a ten million pound winger. Right? Yep. I mean, in theory, they've got a ten million. Who who are they going to get to replace a ten million pound winger? Buy a fifteen million pound winger. No, I mean, good. so who are they going to upgrade on James Forrest? I can understand maybe trying to find someone as a backup, unless you need, maybe as a, a rough diamond there that they can get and yep. they can polish up as a kind of another alternative. But the man himself mm-hmm. is there's a reason why a succession of Celtic managers love James Forrest because he produces. I mean, last night he um, crossed for assist right on the upper plate um, for uh, for Cham and scored a great goal as well. Uh, and, and aside of that, he completely tortured Danza. For that, that opening 45 minutes, was um, you, you felt like stepping up the pitch and giving the, the full-back a hug. Do you think he's helped by the fact that wing-back role, maybe as good as Jeremy Frimpong has been, there's a lot of onus on Frimpong when he's playing to kind of provide the attacking threat down the right. Does that maybe help him, that formation? He's a man, he's isolated, he's only one-on-one with players. Does that make a difference? Yeah, possibly. I mean, if, if it, when he's got the beating of a player, I mean, I mean they used the old, the old junior trick a few times last night when he knocked the ball past the fullback and he's running around round him. Always what? The old, the, old, um, the old school trick. But um, yeah, possibly. I think he's, um, I think, well, I, I think Frimpong's been, been terrific and he's an exciting young player. Um, but I do think Forrest is perhaps slightly more. I'm not saying tactically aware. That's not really fair because Frimpong is he is he's good at tracking back and all that stuff. But maybe he has half a mind defensively more more James Forrest as well. And when they're on the same side as well, yeah, you get Frimpong. He comes up to say you notice it in the Rangers game, but they're obviously keeping a, a close eye on that side of the pitch. Yeah, Frimpong's come up to a certain part and then he's kind of blocked off. So Forrest maybe the space is limited. Yeah, but he's 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 also got. And guys like Callum McGregor and Scott Brown, they almost don't need to look. They know where he's going to be because they've been playing together for so long. I mean, McGregor in particular can pick him out. He knows. He knows. He just just knows instinctively where that he's going to be. They've, they've, they've worked together for so long, and they've got that understanding. And it does. And Christy can put Christy in that mix as well when he plays. Um, so yeah, he, 
it makes it really simple and it looks as though it's it's, it's pretty smooth um, with him in the team. So listen, I, I don't think he was. He's, he's at an absolute best. Um, I don't, don't think it was a great game. Maybe the old firm game. That I don't think it was a particularly great game. I think, I think that might have been more tactical rather than rather than a technical issue with him. Um, I think his job was to was to, was to come inside. People were complaining about him cutting inside all the time, running out of traffic. I think that's what his job was to do that and try and allow just to create a bit of space for Frimpong. But Rangers had so many bodies back there, it didn't really work that way, and it, and it made his role look a bit messy. Looked like he was just running into brick walls all day, yep. and folk were getting frustrated and stuff, and losing possession edge of the box and all that. I understand that, but I think that was a more. I think he was carrying out his, his role that he was instructed, but it's just that I think Rangers done a good job on it. That was yeah. all. But listen, he's, he's top class. He starts for the last three or four years has been incredible. Um, and he's, a, he's one of these players that, that maybe isn't underappreciated at times. Yeah. That brings us on to talking obviously about transfers. That's the time of the year it is, Mick. And obviously it's been what that was mentioned there about the right wing being the area. But with Mikey Johnson um, going off last night, Urkin, uh, he's the manager. Can you maybe tell us a bit what you think happened there? Oh, we can't, uh, listen, we can't, I don't know, we can't, can't climb into people's heads and know what they're thinking, but it looked to me like, I mean, Johnson came off the bench and he, um, he took a knock and went down at the same time when, um, I think it was, uh, Lennon, Lennon was looking to bring on Clamalla for Edward. I think they're wrong with that, but it was, it was maybe, I think he was making his last change uh, and Johnson went down and the physio came on and it took a bit of time, Clamalla sat back down again a couple of minutes later they got the change but then Johnson went down again and I don't know I think I, you could maybe see Neil Lennon have a wee word with the official quite strong terms like <laughs> I thought you said he was alright and I think the, it looked to me like the official he said he was alright <laughs> <laughs> so therefore the the, 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 <laughs> the iron is trained on I don't know that's what it looked like we were up further up the back but I'm looking at it quite closely from the, the press box then um, we didn't see obviously until later on the, the pictures on TV that they maybe the fun message. Aye, politely told him to go up the tunnel, didn't he? Yes. Um, but listen, Lennon, Lennon's frustrated because one, he really rates Mikey Johnson. Um, two, he's been frustrated that he's not had to use him, able to use him this season. I'm trying to get him built up fitness wise. So it looks he, he then thinks of a guy that I really like and a good a good player and now is injured again and and he, and he said I touched on after the game that he really could do without any more injuries and he said quite Celtic have had quite a few this season um, and I think it's it's actually a testament to how well they've done this year that, that I mean they've had six weeks without a striker um, yeah Elanusi who was right at banging form when he got out of the team. Uh, El Hamid, right in form, big miss by the way. I think I know Frimpong's been great, but in bigger games, he's the he's the opposite of Frimpong, isn't he? He's a solid defender type. He, he, he Promise that Ibrox was yeah. in the case in point, a real solid defender who does, by the way, contribute a part as well. Yep. Um, big miss, a big miss. Um, ball and goal at left back, as he's bigger miss. I don't know, but he's, a, he's probably the first choice left back, but. And the team with yeah. form and fitness. So they've had injury problems. So, so see him touch upon the wingers itself. So it's always been about the right wingers. There's always been... Well, Sinclair was there to start with. And then you, obviously he's gone now. El Yunusi and Johnson. But now El Yunusi well, just working exactly. That's what I'm saying. But they're, they're, the fact that it's always been looked at as the right winger. Maybe just a winger could be needed before the close of the window. Yeah. doesn't matter <laughs> what side. Some that can play in yeah. both. Because well, injuries wingers are can up. now. Because yeah. the, the wingers tend to be in, inverted or... 
You can play seven and a half, eleven and a half, and all that. <laughs> For a man who started out as um, tactics cynic, uh, you know, anti hipster, you'll be releasing a book about this then. Aye, <laughs> wee bowler hat, blowing up the pyramid. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. But you tend to see teams now. I mean, um, can switch it I mean, depending on on the matches. So that uh, maybe another. I think I think another attacking wide player would be be, be handy for Celtic. To be honest with you. Purely because Elanusi and Johnson maybe have had injury issues. Sved, who knows? What's going on with him? Mate? Is it just? I don't think he's physical enough. I think he just looks too wee. Um, and p- perhaps the same problem maybe that Mickey Johnson suffers from. Um, we don't know because we've only seen him in glimpses on the pitch. Don't see him in training every day. Heard heard at Dubai he looked apart, but still waiting to find out. Um, so I don't know. I I suspect. I don't know. You, you never know. Maybe I thought last weekend when when Greg Taylor wasn't picked for the game at Ross County, I thought that's a bit ominous. Yeah. Um, but he came back in last night and it was terrific. And that's and he and he was a, a real attacking force. Well, that's led us on night. I think that was a player really got to focus on there right, and the fact that he's had to bide his time. Uh, Neil in before Christmas uh, was complimentary about his defensive side, but. Or just a note of caution, he wanted more than an attacking sense. And he certainly got that last night. Uh, Taylor was fantastic, wasn't he? No, terrific delivery. It was, um, that's, it's a big moment, isn't it, for a player like Taylor? Just getting yeah. that. Come in, the big chance and perform yeah, well. I think he's been quite patient as well. Anytime you speak to him, he's not he's not throwing toys at the pram. I think he knows. I think he's been told, listen, we're going to work with you and I think I think long term he's gonna be he's gonna be just fine. Um uh, I think people quick jump jump. The start of the season, like, why are they not playing? Why are they not playing this kid? Why are they not playing this kid? Lenny doesn't like him, <laughs> doesn't rate him. Um, I don't think that was the case, but I think uh, he got to cut him a bit of slack. He's playing for coming for Kamart last season. His role was very, very defensive minded. Um, I can't even the part, but and again with Scotland, it's quite a defensive minded role he had. He played against Belgium a couple of times, Mike. I mean, does he get more defensive? He had a tin hat. Um, so it, it's different. You go to Celtic and you're, you're asked to be well, a wing back or a winger. Even if it's a back four or back five, you're still going to be a pr- pretty much a wing back. The way they play, um, so it's a bit that is a new way of playing for them. But if they can get that kind of product they got last night out of them in terms of delivery and the defensive side, what a player they've got in their hands. Because if he can get a wee bit, that, if he can keep that up, I mean that's that's the sign of things to come. They've got a right good yeah. full back in their hands. And obviously, he's a natural left back in a four four two. But that was a three five two last night. It seemed mm-hmm. to really suit him. That, Idea that some that ball and goalie would suit that as well, his style. But he's a Taylor looks a cut above, doesn't he? Like if he's playing at that he does, level, he that does. Celtic haven't had that kind of performance for the left back area this season, have they? As good as he's a no. filled in manfully, yeah. long goal at times had that we bust after his performance at Ibrox. But that was a different level. That was the kind of quality product they were getting at Kieran Tierney for yeah. a number of years, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's a bit to go before it gets to that level. Oh, 100%, but Aye. that was a big Cause I mean, of Celtic. I, I feel like I fit on form Kieran Tierney. Had it all. 100%. Had it all. I mean, a proper modern fullback could do the dirty defensive side and bomb up the park. And then all of a sudden, 80 yards back to to cover. I mean, that's a different animal. That's a £25 million player. Um, he's a bit to go before it gets to, to anywhere near that kind of level. But I know what you mean. you got to remember, though, he didn't really have much against him. Yeah. Um, last night either so he, he's pretty much given a 60 yard run at it um, he's not as quick as, as Tierney well, Tierney's defensively I mean he could, it's a pace on him 
So what you do is you have to be clever with your runs. And he did that last night. He was finding the angles, quick feet, and that gets him a couple of yards to get beyond the man. So he was getting beyond his man, getting balls across. Um, so I thought I thought he was the I thought he was a standout. I mean I think James Forrest was the best player on the pitch. I, mean, I gave Taylor Man a match pillar because I thought uh, I thought he was the one, especially in that first period, it was really creating havoc on one side. And Forrest was just doing Forrest. Just, I guess it's again familiarity. Forrest is doing, doing what he does. Yeah. But I thought Taylor was a real standout. I thought he'd, he'd um, even in the second half as well. He had a great delivery in the second half. Whipped a ball across the face of goal. I think it was Clamart at the end. Just was a bit behind it. Yeah. I think it was crying up or something. Threw herself in the back post. Um, but no, he was terrific. It's, um, I think the way Lenny was talking last night, this is a kind of starting point. This is now, right, that's the benchmark for him. Let's see him do this. If he does that, and you we can make out. get a run now, don't you? That's the if thing. If he does you that, we can make out. He'll be there for years, uh, that's the thing. He's almost a stick on to play at Hamilton. There's no way you would yeah. move back for that. I think Lennon over the years has been very know. good at no, but, but I think Lennon, to his credit, has been very good at that with players where they might bring them in slowly, but once they yeah. make an impact like that, I don't think he's going to yeah. get a good chance now. And he's, I mean, there's, there's guys, he's, he's, he has done it in the past, the guys you think are, are in Siberia, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they um, become main men. But I think it's happened as well with, with, with Cham. Um, again, even Cham, I mean, Christy was able last night and, and played uh, played Cham from the start, and you think, oh, interesting. Uh, and then Cham was terrific. This is a guy who, who, and he comes out after the game and says he is not going anywhere. I mean, he's literally, yep. I mean, Lenny was barricading himself in the bone at the door to, to keep, keep, um, keep him in the building. Um, this is a guy who back in the summer was on his bike. I know, but his comments uh, didn't help. Aye, like that he, nothing seemed surer than Cham heading for the exit no. door because Lennon, oh, for a Euro game, I think very few players come back from the, the mistranslation yeah. or interview abroad I situation. That's uh, that's usually the kind of the, the last um, the first few steps for the, the exit door, but he's he's come back and he's still he's still a bit of an enigma, Cham isn't he? Because he, he's good as well, but I, I think Saturday like, just I think Saturday's going through the motions. I know, I know. But then last night he's he's right on it. But I, st- I still think there's one eye on Ibrooks because Celtic know they need to get it right, and I think Lennon hinted in the final fifteen minutes of that game when they brought in Bitton and Cham that to combat the way Rangers are playing this high press and making Celtic turn the ball over I think there's a good chance Celtic will be a bit more pragmatic when they go to Ibrooks and Cham's the type of player he yeah. fucked up that midfield Christy might play in a front three yeah. um, there's definitely so he's been getting these minutes that's for certain and he was playing a decent amount in December anyway he has I think he's just I think I think I think, I think Lenz is a, is a, a good man manager I think he knows how to, but he sometimes takes his time to find the frequency sometimes of players so I think with Cham, I think he has tried the carrot, then the stick, and I think he's done the Malcolm Tucker. He's hit him the carrot and hit him the stick. Oh. <laughs> so it's working. So, uh, Whatever he's doing, he's battering him with the carrot. Or whatever as he's doing, it it seems to be now getting getting out of him. 100%. Um, and he, uh, listen, this is going to be interesting. I'm still, but um, he's a key man at Celtic. I think. No, it's quite the turnaround, and we're obviously it's transfer season, Michael. I know you know that better than most. Of mm. The desire for knowledge and supporters find out just any wee tidbits or information coming to their club, and Celtic fans are obviously no different. Yeah, um, it's been a window where Lennon's. I think he's been quite upfront for the start. He's, he's said in December he was looking for between two and four players. Yeah, have already landed two. Patrick Kamala, yeah, three and a bit million uh, post striker, and his Milo Soro finally sealed his move this week. 
um, and he's obviously more defensive style midfield and yeah. City fans are waiting to see him will we see anything happen before they close the window which I've got feeling my gut feeling I think we always think thought there would be, would be some activity and I still think they'll probably bring in another one but the interesting but, but could it be a central defender no no I don't think so. I don't think. I don't. I don't. Is I don't think so. Is the injury change that, or is that always? I don't think so because Beaton's back training. Um, I think. I think. I think. He's, I think he's looking at Ayer, Julian, Beaton, and someone which is four. I think. I think yeah. four. I think he's quite content with four. El Hamid can play in there uh-huh. if there's a real problem. Okay. So I think. I think he's. I don't think he's. What about the three-five-two element? The fact you need freedom if he keeps. Yeah, going Yeah, you need four fit. So okay. I'm, all right, Beaton's not fit just now, and uh, El Hamid, and then. Seminoche has been yeah. managing. I think, I think Seminoche is always going to manage injuries. To be honest with you, that's just the way player he is. So, but I think I think you've got. He's got three, three out of five. Ain't bad. I think I think he's. I don't think he's going to be bothered. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing at the weekend there, and I heard that Lennon call it a patched up central partnership. It's worth eleven million quid. Seminoche and Julian. Mm-hmm. It's eleven million pound patched up defence. Yeah. So it's. I don't think that's an area to concern with. To be honest with you. So um, we spoke about it earlier about wingers. What do you think could be a wide man coming in? I think if they can get somebody in, I don't. I think they've certainly found it difficult. Um, like I say, if you're going to go go big, then it's difficult. The market in January especially is is, is pretty brutal. Do they? Do they, I think they hold maybe hold their fire to late, late on. Maybe see them pick up maybe a, a real loan um, player potentially. Mm-hmm. But we've seen that in the past. It doesn't doesn't always doesn't always work mm-hmm. this time of year. Last year, Ollie Burke and Timi- Timothy Weir done all right at first, didn't they? They kind of done okay. They gave the team, a, I think, a, a bit of a lift. Yeah, but t- t- Timothy Weir kind of just petered out mm-hmm. towards the end. Ollie Burke. And all this transfer speculation is obvious, not including Victor Wanyama, who's got to seal a last gas move. That's what Celtic fans are dreaming of. <laughs> what do you think? Is there any chance of that happening? I don't see it. When it almost Lennon obviously loved him as a player. I think if you could talk about Lennon players that. He was a archetype Neil Lennon player. He was fantastic in that first spell. And he's obviously name-dropped him a couple of times, first of the AGM. Yeah. He's a player in these sorts as well, he mentioned after Partick. Well, because he keeps getting asked about him. Of course. And no, I understand yep. that as well, but yeah. is, it, is there any chance Celtic fans might see their returning hero? Listen, I wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't dismiss it because I think when, when we first got the wind of the kind of Fraser Foster in the summer, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, myself included, the first reaction is how can that Possible be happening given the the, the financial mm-hmm. situation down south and the money he was on and all that stuff and then all, lo and behold, um, Forster rolls back up at Parkhead. So you, you, I wouldn't write, I wouldn't completely dismiss it. What I would say is that uh, I think I can't, uh, there's there's certain um, certain constraints on that move in terms of his interest in him and finances and all that stuff and also there's a necessity does does is that a role that really needs to be filled at this point in the stage well that's what Lennon said as well because who who gets bumped yeah for a Wanyama are you going to bump a Callum McGregor are you going to bump Scott Brown are you going to bump I mean mean, Christy Rogic is in there Cham's in there well I dusted off the hipster manual a few weeks ago I made the point that one of his best games for Celtic was the 3-0 game against Rangers he played as part of a back three Alongside Charlie McGrew and Glenn Leuven, show you how <laughs> times change, and he was excellent that day. Yeah. Lennon's obviously got this. He's rediscovered the three-five-two formation. Yeah. It was he played under Martin O'Neill, and it was such the way, and he was side set up to yeah. so much success. Does that maybe 
add a wee extra intrigue to it in the fact that it's not just about midfield. He's, he's got a bit of flexibility, one Yama, in terms of, and that's what Lennon loves him. Listen, I think, you would, I think, I think you, if the chance comes to take him, you take him every day of the week. Yeah, but um, but, but Peter Lowe's obviously a shrewd operator at this time of year. But the man in the Tottenham boardroom, Daniel Levy's no, no. Wolfler is he's someone who really likes to drive a bargain. You would build. Exactly. I think I think there is certain prohibitions. Prohibitions are a bit prohibitive, but I, d- I just think I, I I don't think that's an area that really needs to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. I mean, sorrow. Who knows? And we, we spoke to him this week, and he seems a nice nice lad, and he's hungry, and he. But we don't know. Um, he's not played at a level. No, really. Um, Cups all look good, not stuff, but, but Wanyama is a different ball game. Yeah, tried. I mean, it <coughs> do you me. think <coughs> as well if you're inside this? Where do you play him? But would you would Yama be back in the team? Mm-hmm. I think he would do. By the way, yeah. But whose expense? It's if it's a long term deal, if you get him back long term, then you think well, Scott Brown at some point has got to have to, to to ease off. So therefore, yes, without a doubt, short term a six month loan deal. Does it, do you run the risk of upsetting the, the squad yeah. more than anything? Because if you're, if I, you're think a, I think I think he's the best player in Scotland yeah. for about eighteen months. And again, I think Lennon gives the answers away in what he what he says when he, he speaks to the press. And again, that was something he was mindful of. That used the Robbie Keane example of this marquee signing, maybe hint towards a player like Wanyama that it could maybe upset the balance of the squad. And I think he's mindful of that as well. Yeah. But even bigger picture as well, I think developments. At Rangers over the last 24 hours, Jermaine Defoe's injury, Stephen Gerrard's made his first kind of declaration that they could be looking to do business. Yeah. Do you think that has any effect inside the Celtic transfer room? Are they, are I'm a wee bit, listen, but then again, like, you look at the side and you think, where, where are the upgrades? Yeah. You, there's no point in buying more squad players. The squad's huge. So you need to upgrade. Wanyama, upgrade? I would say, yes, it would be. On who? That's a different question, right? But then you think, right, who, where are the, where can they upgrade the squad? We might have touched on it Forest. Well, that's going to cost you 10 million quid to upgrade on Forest. And attacking. The other wing, Elinishi coming back, he was a 16 million pound winger. He got on loan. So, unless they can get somebody in who's going to be the next, for next season, that can start and play the now, again, premium on that and availability, good luck. I guess that's what they're looking for. Striker, they've got, they've got Edward, Clamalla, now Griffiths back, scoring goals 3 and 4. So, how, uh, you're going to spend an hour? 8, 10 million? Bio as well, Mike. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be going in the next few years, I'd imagine, the next 40 years. Um, so, it's a difficult market, but in, so fans are going to have to spend the money and guarantee yourself 9. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. The January market is, is, is brutal. It's overpriced. Availability is not great because people who are playing well in form don't tend to move unless they're going up the, up the chain and for big money. Mm-hmm. Um, so where these guys are, I mean, it's it's difficult. I mean, even the even English market isn't isn't moving as wildly as it does in the summer. So I can understand it's difficult, but it's not just easy because right, go and spend fifty million pound and guarantee nine in a row. If that was the case, I do think Celtic would do it. But I don't know if it's that it's always that straightforward, because it because it never is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, you, you think a couple weeks ago you're thinking maybe another left back, but then Taylor last night suggested, all right, it's only it's only St Johnson who are thirty nil down, but at some point you need to give him a chance. 
So I don't know. I think I think Celtic are caught in a wee bit of a kind of strange position at the moment. Um, because this this win this title is the be all and end all now. And even I I, I'm, I always think they should be trying to look for the summer, and get themselves ready for the European qualifiers. But because they don't know what what European competition they're going to be in, it has to be all about this next four months. So, but I don't. But where is where is the areas that they can go and spend to to upgrade? I think that's tricky. Yep. I think if they can get out this window because Edward's still there and. And Cham's still there, and these guys, I are still there. I think I don't know. It's not a bad thing, but then I can also see that there's some new faces that can already might fashion the place up. Kamala, we don't know yet how he's going to do. Um, a lot of money for a guy who's a young kind of got the potential, but I can see the frustration. But I, I also can understand how it's difficult to to make that kind of um, the demands a reality in this current market. So obviously, one man who's Integral into Celtic's transfer strategies, head of recruitment, Nick Hammond. Just wondering maybe a wee word for him. In the past, Celtic maybe struggled, maybe the wrong word, but at times the squad's been bloated um, quite big. But Nick Hammond appears to have been able to do a really good job this window, uh, getting rid of some of the deadwood, some of the players on the outside of the squad who weren't playing. There's been a lot of guys like from Morgan, Sinclair, Kuasi, Jack Henry, some of the younger players as well. They've all been able to. Do you yeah. think that, that must. That must be an advantage, surely, because when the squad, I know there's when you're winning games, Celtic have had a successful season, but when there's maybe 10 extra players kicking about, it's not always the greatest environment if these guys aren't playing. Do you think that's maybe an underrated um, aspect of this window that's been a success for Celtic? Well, yes and no, because I remember, I mean, Brendan Rodgers first came in, the first thing he said was this squad's too big. It's just yeah. too big, because... I mean, Celtic were—they brought in a lot of players, and a lot. Some are hitting, some miss. Um, but then he did the same. I mean, Rogers stockpiled players. He, he said that phrase. I don't want to stockpile players, and then he did. Yeah. Brought in a, a ton of players. That, I mean, I think I think I start the other week that of the twenty-seven they bought, there's only seven left. I think at the club. Mm-hmm. Well, I could be wrong, but I think that's right about that. Far away. Uh, so it, and that was a squad that's already quite bloated and a lot of the players that are still there were there before him I mean you know, McGregor's and all that and Brown all these guys Forrest um, so it's a, it's a problem because Celtic bring in these players give them a decent wedge and then maybe they don't cut it and it's difficult to get rid of them and that's the same problem across City Rangers exact same problem um, so I mean I give these guys good money and once you get good money they're not going to give that up not all that easily Um so that it's a it's a it's a historical problem at, at Parkhead and Ibrox that they do end up with a lot of players hanging about, just picking up their dosh. Um, but I think that's that's I mean a few going out this window that's that that helps because um, managers don't like having guys hanging about. They don't like injured players. They don't like extra players that are going to play. They just don't like them. I mean they're they're, they're pariahs to them. It's, I mean, I've seen I've seen interviews with managers and say they don't like them in the you know, dressing room or they just. They're just toxic. <laughs> just toxic to them. Yeah. So I, I think a lot, most managers are like that. It's like um, if you're not part of my group, you're you're, you're dead to me. If I don't. Um, so it's. I think most of the managers would like a kind of squad of. But listen, managers they want they want it both ways. They want a squad of of twenty two, first team players. They get half a dozen injuries and they want another five players to come in. So they want it both ways. Um, but it's not really held Celtic back. I mean, it's it's a bit of wastage really in terms of finances. But that's the market. They've got to take punts. Um, there's not, they're not getting any 10 million players sitting. 
gather on dust, that's for sure. So, I'll just close on um, the excitement coming the next few hours, hopefully. Uh, Scottish football transfers could be plenty happening. It can get a one-word prediction, what you think. Celtic's window, how it will finish. Fireworks. What's it going to be? Is there a word that you can... For the fans out there that are waiting for <laughs> news? Um, interesting. Okay. I think... Um, don't be surprised if there's a a big money bid for one of the Celtic star men that comes in late and is rejected, <laughs> and, a, and a loan deal comes in okay. late on. That's because I've seen that before a few times. Um, but I think uh, I think that's maybe aye. they're going to be. Listen, I think there could be some phone calls. Edward and, and Cham and all that. I'd be I'd be unplugging the the Celtic um, Celtic phone line right now. And s- Celtic are adamant these guys well that's the thing yeah, they've, they've made it clear and they seem happy with that as well at this point in time yeah. so um, but doesn't doesn't mean they won't be a bid okay right, a pleasure Mick thank you very much for joining us today that's all from us this week we'll be back next week don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available and if you liked it please review and rate us on there too thanks very much for listening